This is Laura Deardo with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Shweta Panapa, Chief Marketing and Digital Experience Officer at Providence. Shweta, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. It's a pleasure to be here. Now, I'm excited to have Shweta on the podcast because we're going to talk about some of the big challenges for marketing over the next 12 months or so. But before we dive into that discussion, Shweta, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your background? Absolutely. Um, I've been at Providence for about eight years now. Uh, This is my first foray into healthcare. Um, Eight years is a long time. I consider myself a semi-healthcare incumbent now. Um, my the rest of my career I've spent in the world of uh, digital marketing and in the e-commerce space primarily. So I was at Amazon for a couple of years before I came to Providence, and before that, I ran um, marketing for uh, the world's largest retail, retailer of tableware, which is which was a, also an extremely interesting place to be. So I've I've been around since the kind of the birth of digital marketing in 2002 when the first Google ads came out and I bought banner ads for like a thousand dollar CPM and it used to be that bad from Yahoo. So it's been quite an amazing journey in the digital marketing space. Absolutely. Wow, that's fascinating. And what great experience to bring into healthcare and to Providence as well. So let's dive right in here. What do you see as being the top challenges for the next 12 months in the marketing space? When I begin to think about the challenges, there's like 99 problems that we have with marketing, with healthcare, with everything that's going on in the macroeconomic space. But like the absolute top two priorities, because I like to simplify and focus, the top two priorities for me are going to be in the space of talent management and managing the economics of marketing. As the talent management is just the current environment is as difficult as it's ever been to um, hire and retain the right type of talent. It really requires investing and motivating our people. And it's, 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 it's been the hardest it's been in healthcare. In the other industries are seeing it as well, but it's really hard in healthcare. And with the economics of marketing, the high inflation and the expected downturn is going to have impacts to how we make our marketing investments. It, it has a big impact of how consumers and customers think about their spending. Those are the two key pieces, one internal, one external, that I'm really spending a lot of time thinking about. Absolutely. I love that. And so when you think about, especially the talent management side of things, I know, you know, it's it just, as you mentioned, a challenge across the board to get people in. So what have you found as being an re- effective tool for recruiting and retaining talent? Um, is there anything that you're doing differently today that you didn't do a few years ago? Um, I think the basic principles are still the same. I've always thought of my recruiting strategy as being my retention strategy. And what I mean by that is it's more important it's 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 just as important to focus on recruiting the right people as it is to keeping them here and the chances of keeping them increase dramatically when you hire the right type of people so our ceo often likes to talk about how we uh, hire missionaries not mercenaries and that's the kind of exactly the right type of person i'm looking for someone who's really interested in sticking around for the long haul because it takes time to impact a difference in healthcare. Uh, so you have to 
be willing to stick around to see it through and to to move the big mountains that need to move to really find joy from your work. Absolutely. I love that. That missionaries versus mercenaries approach seems like it would be really effective and especially in the healthcare space. When you are exactly. absolutely so when you're looking at, you know, doing interviews, how do you really get a sense for whether that's going to be a person that is going to fit your culture? And, and I know Providence has an amazing culture. I love just connecting with and talking to anybody I meet from there because everybody seems so passionate about the work that they're doing and excited to be serving their patients and serving their communities. So when you have somebody interviewing for a role in a marketing uh, space, what do you do or what do you look for in, in that particular candidate? Um, there's some things that are just table stakes. So do they have the basic skills to do the job? Are they going to be uh, good additions to the team culture? Are they going to bring to the culture or are they going to take it away, take away from the culture? Um, and then a second piece is like this differentiation between um, attributes and skills. So attributes are things that are inherent to a person, like patience. Attributes can be developed. They don't direct our behavior, but they inform the behavior. Skills, on the other hand, are learned. They, they're visible. They don't really show how a person will show up in a time of stress. But skills are what are visible the most in interviews and not attributes. And so I try very, very hard to distinguish between those two in my interviews and not be seduced by skills because skills is what's most obvious. Um, so it's, it's, it's hard to measure attributes, but it, it, it shows, and I'm not going to say I have a hundred percent success rate. I've hired a couple of not great fits as well, but attributes are what I'm really optimizing for. Got it. That makes a, a lot of sense and is really helpful to think about in terms of talent selection, identification and, and management. I wanted to also touch on that some second trend that you mentioned in terms of the economics of marketing and really healthcare in general. I think it's fascinating just the times we see ourselves in as every healthcare dollar is precious. And, you know, when you think about what your budget entails and what you can do with that budget, how do you really see um, being able to effectively run a marketing department when that doesn't, isn't the immediate patient care? What types of, uh, I guess, economic trends do you foresee as being the biggest ones that you're keeping an eye on? And uh, what do you do with those precious dollars that are spent in the marketing side of things? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's classic, right? Anytime there's a recession or budget cuts, marketing is usually the first to be on the chopping block. Um, the past two years have really kind of been a wake-up call for how much change can occur and how quickly it can occur. And this new looming recession, there's predictions how it's going to be more difficult than the other recessions, like the 2008 recession that's already happened because of what they're calling the triple squeeze. So there's high inflation, talent scarcity, and we've got these supply chain challenges that don't show any signs of going away. So what I'm thinking a lot about is how do I understand the impact of these economic headwinds on both the behaviors as well as attitudes of, of what I mentioned earlier, of our consumers and customers? How are they going to think about where they spend, how they choose 
where to go get care, how how long they defer their care. I hope they don't for their own health. But there's all these real, a lot of realities that our patients are having to face that are hard choices to make. And so there's three broad bodies of work that I'm focusing on to help with dealing with this so-called looming recession. First, what I already talked about around securing and retaining talent. Second is around really managing spend. And I'll talk about that in a second. And then the third is focusing on the experience. So two and three, so managing spend and focusing on the experience are kind of tied to each other. In the past, we have had this proclivity to spending more in things like advertising while not really focusing on the basics around the experience that, that our patients have to deal with once they get in through the door. We, we focused over-indexed on filling the top of the funnel, but not really looked at the middle and the bottom of the funnel. And so those are things that we're going to be really doubling down on. We are investing heavily in our measurement initiatives because my ask from my team has always been, how do we how do we get both incrementality and attribution? So it's not enough just to get attributable growth that, okay, marketing drove X, Y, Z. We also have to be able to show that we drove incremental growth. And the team has done a fabulous job of putting best-in-class measurement systems in place, which I don't think actually are, I've not seen anywhere else in the healthcare industry just yet. Um, and we're we're not stopping there. We're 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 going even further in developing our attribution models to a really high level of sophistication. So I'm super excited about doing that because what that helps with is making the right investments. Um, so <laughs> I say this a lot. If you if you can name it, you can tame it. So I usually use this in the context of um, with, with my actually with my kiddo, and I'm talking about emotions. But in here. If you can measure it, you can manage it. And so uh, this is going to be foundational to how we make our investments in the future. Absolutely. I I love that concept in terms of just really understanding what metrics you're using um, and and how you can connect with the patients and and get their really data and information and, and put it to very good use to the health system and show that return on investment. I, I'm definitely also interested in when you're talking about, you know, the, the digital patient experience and, and really kind of what that means for patients and what they want and what they need right now. Um, what are some of the things that you're seeing as being really uh, important to patients and really cutting edge in terms of the digital ways that they interact with the health system, as well as the messaging around uh, those entry points, if that makes sense? Yeah. There's a lot of talk about the digital front door. And one of the things that my team and I have been saying for a while is that there is no one front door. There are hundreds of so-called front doors that a patient can choose to come in from. It could be a payer website. It could be Google. It could be anything else. And so the front door is what the patient chooses to walk in through. And so a digital first engagement strategy, it, it, it kind of flips things around from how we view the world, obviously, to how the patient views the world. And we really have to see better through their lens. And we've done a really good job, I think, so far of removing friction from um, like a transactional experience, the booking an appointment. We've, we've done a lot of great work seen in 
amazing triple digit growth in conversion rates of how we're able to help our patients book an appointment in an easier way. But now the customer, the consumer expects much more than just like the seamless digital transactions. Now that we've delivered that, I think customers, consumers want anticipatory personalized experiences. They want us to make their journey easy. Um, and I think because of all of because of um, all of the data that they choose to share with us, it it is incumbent on us. It is it behooves us to deliver such an anticipatory experience to them, to predict what they might be looking for, to predict what the pain point might be, and help alleviate that pain point. So we are creating value for the patient, and the way we create value is by lowering their effort. Absolutely. I love that. It seems like just the easier you can make it for them to access the health system and then get from where they're at uh, in the digital front door to the actual front door and engaging with providers, it seems like would be just a great strategy in way that patients could easily access care and feel comfortable with it. Exactly right. Excellent. Well, um, this has been so informative and so interesting. I think just one more question before we wrap up today. What are you most excited about right now? What projects or initiatives are really front of mind for you that are exciting and, and potentially game-changing for the future? Hmm. I wish I could pick one. <laughs> I talked I talked quite a bit about um, our approach and thoughts around measurement and attribution. We're bringing a number of things in-house to where we had agencies helping us. Uh, we're excited about using uh, Google's new machine learning capabilities when it comes to our search investment. There's, there's so much. I think the challenge is actually going to be how do you pick the one or two that's really going to make an impact? I think the way we do it here, because there's so many opportunities available, we run a number of different little experiments to see what actually holds water. And that's what I'm actually, maybe that's what I'm most excited about. I'm excited about running a bunch of tests to see what's going to bring us the most optimal returns from our investments. That's fantastic. Well, Shreda, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. This has been a really fun discussion and I look forward to connecting with you again soon. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me.